Hey there, folks, and welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm your host, Tyler, and this week I have what I like to call a vault episode for the schedule. Essentially, with the post-holiday break uh, and post-strike boom, the entertainment industry right now, especially in the first month of the new year, is a little crazy schedule-wise. So when I have a busy week of maybe like a bunch of self-tapes or, <laughs> fingers crossed, I book something, uh, or if I just can't get a guest for that week, I thought what better way to keep sharing this content than to release episodes of years past, especially when we're, you know, almost 200 episodes in, it's kind of hard to go back and, and catch up, essentially. So I wanted to really launch this new year with one of my favorite episodes, and that is with Maria Sten. Now, she's an actor. She's a writer. You may recognize her from Amazon Prime Video's Reacher as the awesome Francis Neely. And this recording, this interview, took place, I believe it was early 2022, like just after the first season of Reacher came out. So we get a chance to talk about not only her acting experience on the show, but how she initially started out as a dancer. She's also a writer. She's a filmmaker. And in her free time, she just... She travels. She, she globe trots. I think she was in some snow-capped mountaintop when we were doing this interview. So if you hear some static initially, we're just getting, you know, the audio levels quite right. And then it evens out. So without further ado, everybody, please enjoy this special vault release with Maria Stead. Absolutely. Um, my name is Maria Sten. I am an actor and a writer um, and just came off of, of course, doing uh, uh, the Amazon show Reacher, um, that, um, which is why we're here, obviously. Um, and uh, other than that, I, what else am I? I'm an actor and a writer first, but I am also a horse lover. I'm a nature person. I'm an adventurer. I, I'm a wanderluster. Um, and that's also very much part of my identity, I think, um, to have sort of a balance from being this workaholic and working in Hollywood and being in the industry. I think that there's a there's a counterpart to that. So I, I like to I like to give the whole the whole uh, uh, scope, if you will. Yeah, it, it sounds like you are embracing the the artist's nomadic lifestyle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and I think nowadays because of COVID, you know, it sort of lend itself to that. I think a lot of people were sitting in LA and thinking, oh my God, why am I sitting here um, stuck in a house with, uh, with no amenities left? You know, everything that made LA so wonderful at the time wasn't available. And I think for me and many other people just felt like Oh, let's let's venture out and and see what else we can see while while we're going through this strange time. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of odd how the lockdown and the pandemic allowed us to further explore our sense of humanity and our our creativity. Especially, you know, as, as actors, we we thrive on essentially being anywhere at any given time, right? So if you're not yeah. needed or if you're not doing anything, it's just more of a wow, I have freedom. <laughs> this yeah, is, exactly. This is crazy. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Do you have, I, I love asking this part because I know when lockdown occurred, 
and I wasn't getting any auditions sent in, no self-tapes, nothing. Everything was locked down. I just threw myself back into my writing. I know you wrote, you know, a couple episodes of, of Big Sky and you've written and directed some short films. Did you dive back in writing at all during the, the pandemic or even to this day? Have you decided to kind of go back into it? Yeah, I actually, I um, I sometimes feel quite bad because things worked out really well for me in terms of work during the pandemic. I was just coming off a swamp thing uh, in 2019 and was trying to figure out what to do next. And um, and I've always been sort of acting, writing, acting, writing, but I did Channel Zero in 2018, straight into Swamp Thing in 2019. And so I had, hadn't really been able to sort of do a whole lot of writing. And then now I was sort of having a conversation with my team and they felt that, you know, this would be a good time. There, there were some opportunities that came around and they felt that this would be a good time to, to uh, you know, switch gears a little bit and, and dig into writing. And then an opportunity came around, uh, which was a project that I was working on uh, for Amazon. Um, and, and I was offered a staff writer job and I thought oh but you know pilot season is coming this was January 2020 (laughs) and my whole team felt you know no you should staff like you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen uh you know this is a great opportunity go write for a little bit like you've proven that you are an actor that you can act um let's switch gears and and it was so the right it was the right call because uh, you learn so much uh, in the writer's room as a staff writer. And so I started that job uh, in January 2020. And then the pandemic hit and everybody, <laughs> all of my actor friends were shut down and we just went to Zoom and we continued the room all the way until June. And that got shut down. And then uh, and then I took a couple of months off, went to protest in the streets of LA um coincidentally it it was you know that time and then um I got big sky uh soon after because again I sort of felt okay what's happening now are we going back to acting and and again I I speak with my team I I love I have a great team and and they're very supportive and we sort of always have a conversation about what's the next step forward because my life is you know, sort of all over the place. And they also felt, you know, if you get another writing opportunity, take it because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, productions are slowly coming back, but not fully. And then, yeah, Big Sky came around. And so I thought, okay, (laughs) I'm going to take Big Sky. Uh, And then that ended, that got extended, right? So I ended up being on Big Sky for a year. Um, And then I finished Big Sky and then I got Reacher. So I I feel really terrible sometimes. I feel very guilty that it just worked out so conveniently for me. Um, But I'm very grateful, obviously, that I am able to work both as a writer and as an actor. That's amazing because a lot of people I've spoken to, we, uh, we no one had any clue what to do. You know, it's, I know, yeah, it, it, it's insane. I mean, are you going back to to Big Sky to do some writing? Uh, you know, after you know the pilot season is over, or what's what's your next step as far as you know between acting and writing, or are you just kind of letting everything and letting the chips fall as they may, as they might say? 
Uh, as of now, I, I have a project in development, uh, a pilot that I that I sold, and so I'm focusing on that at the moment. And then I'm specking a feature film, and then I'm also, you know, waiting to see. Um, Breacher did get a second pickup, right? So second season pickup. So I'm I'm waiting to see, you know, how that's going to play out uh, in regards to Neely, obviously. Um, so, uh, and nothing, who knows, nothing, nothing is for sure, but, uh, but that's sort of what I have going on right now. And then I'm auditioning for movies. Uh, I think I, I've been doing so much television. I'd love to do a movie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still double dipping, <laughs> still, still double dipping as much as I can. Well, that's, that's the thing in this industry, right? We have to keep a bunch of different irons in the fire. You know, and see exactly. what, what might pop up. And I actually, I spoke to Kate Duffy, one of the staff writers for Reacher, and I mentioned like, hey, you should bring her back. You know, I, I feel like there's there's more you can do with that character. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. Um, you know, Neely is, she's so fun. I, I loved um, that character and I love how her and, and Reacher have that special relationship. Um, and, you know, she is such a favorite from, from the book franchise. Um, so, so it's exciting and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but it's also, I think, really important to keep yourself motivated, right? I think as artists, we are, especially as actors, we're often just waiting around for the phone to ring. And I was just not wired that way ever, which is why I started writing in the first place. There was just, I, I I just I would lose my mind absolutely lose my mind if I had to just sit and wait for someone to say hey you can go work now you know um, that's absolutely not how I'm wired I I started writing um, also because I didn't necessarily see the roles that I wanted to play you know I'm a huge western nerd and I grew up looking at Kevin Costner and Henry Fonda and Clint Eastwood and I never really saw myself reflected. And so I ended up writing like a black Western uh, TV pilot. And then, you know, I, um, I direct wrote, directed and produced a couple of short films just to keep creating and and keep learning. Uh, Because I do think once you write something and get it on its feet, you learn so much about the process. Um, so I think it's just really important just to keep staying creative and stay motivated and, and not wait for other people to give you permission to work, permission to create, permission to express yourself. Um, yeah, that's very important for me. That's so awesome. I, I, a lot of people have, have mentioned that too. It's like, I'm sick of waiting by the phone. <laughs> I got to do something else, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> would you say, I mean, you you love Westerns, as you said, but is there another genre that you know, you would like to, maybe you are working on right now, whether it's horror or sci-fi or comedy, a genre that you just want to tackle? Um, I love action. Um, I love the big splashy action, which is why it's so fun to be on on Reacher, obviously. Um, But I really love that. And I love that genre for, you know, the the female action heroes that we have. I'd love to, you know, keep trying to create some good roles for for women in that genre I think sometimes they they've tended they've tend to come off a little like reductive maybe not that's not the right word but I think more just that we have an idea of what a woman is supposed to be when she steps into a man's shoes in that genre you know badass and tough and emotionless and and I think that they're 
there is so much room to explore for women in that genre and sort of owning the fact that women are different than men um, yeah. and, and playing around with that. And, I, and I'm seeing it now, you know, I'm loving so, um, so much that we are seeing such a wide variety of female action heroes now. Um, I think that's super exciting. And you are seeing how people are just, you know, upending that sort of um, specific a narrative or a specific idea about what a woman is supposed to be like in in that space um so yeah I love action I love I do love sci-fi also I think it's I'm always drawn to the character and then uh, a world more than anything and then I think about how how does that play out you know what what who are the people that that um we're looking at what are the controversies and what's the bigger what's the bigger thing we're trying to say what's the bigger story what's the bigger thematic premise that we want to um shed light on I think that's always uh, interesting to me uh, you know humanity really at the end yeah. of the day <laughs> humanity <laughs> is so interesting and exciting and and the complexities thereof I think that's that's always fascinated me so much so Oh yeah. Is there a property that maybe exists right now that you'd love to be a, a part of that, that does that, that does acknowledge, you know, say uh, uh, it has bits of social commentary, but it's also melding so well with the general narrative without it being, um, you know, too heavy handed. It just fits well with the story. Is there something that, you know, you, you see on whether it's film right now or TV right now that you're, uh, you know, interested in being a part of or are looking to be a part of? I mean, there are many, and I think with what already exists, I just enjoy it for what it is. You know, ah, I okay. um, I think my mind, at least as a writer, I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always thinking sort of, um, what can I create that isn't there already? Like I am currently working on a uh, a project that I created that is um about a female serial killer. Um, but it's in that vein of, of Killing Eve. I love Killing Eve, apropos oh, killing of, I think that's <laughs> such a great, great example of, of something that's different, something that's subverting a trope um, and um, something that's so cleverly done. Um, so, so something like that, I think is really interesting and exciting. Um, but but uh, and I mean, there's so many great shows out. Uh, but I think I'm always sort of thinking ahead about what isn't there, and that's often where I create from. If I feel a void, like I really want to oh. play a villain, and so now I'm you know developing this show about a female serial killer, <laughs> um, or I really want to play a whatever a female marine, and that's not a thing that's out there. So now I'm considering writing this action movie uh, which is basically like a uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith but with a black couple um, in the Marines um, wow. you know like whatever it is that that I feel could be fun and entertaining and have something to say that I'm not seeing out in the landscape yeah that's what I'd, I'd kill to see that you know rendition of Mr. and Mrs. Smith <laughs> that, that just sounds awesome <laughs> me I mean, too that's yeah thank you I mean, coming coming because I'm a writer as well so whenever I hear someone else's ideas like that sounds fucking awesome like, I I would love to oh, see great. that you know that's awesome um wow that's uh, you know coming from a writer's perspective do you have any sort of uh I guess practice or 
uh, method to the madness as far as outlining and and getting to develop your you know your features your tv scripts like are you are you more of an outline person or are you uh you know let the chaos reign free i'm just going to write on a bunch of sticky notes and put them on the drywall kind of person uh, i am an outline person because okay. i do believe it's it's just the most uh productive way of writing something uh but i absolutely despise writing outlines <laughs> i hate them with a passion um i love writing scenes i love writing action i love writing dialogue i love writing the stuff that is in the script but i will write the outline um and i think for me it's a combination of doing the outline and doing the sticky notes i start with the with the note cards actually and i write tiny little blips on those and then I put it out on my carpet and then I lay on the floor and look at it and move it around and um you know sort of break the story that way um and then I once I know once I see the story then I put it into an outline form based off the note cards um and then once I have that then I go to script um and it's just you know it's like you gotta get through the cabbage to get to the chocolate cookie you know yeah. <laughs> um well wow, that's so a great that's, way of putting it <laughs> yeah that's how I that's how I look at it um yeah and I think I also there is a part of me that sort of feels maybe sometimes a little bit like an imposter because I was an actor first um okay. and I sort of became a writer sort of by happenstance because I just decided to write and then certain people thought it was good um and and so I came to my career as a screenwriter in a very different way than I think a lot of people do because I didn't covet it the same way but I I'm just a storyteller right and so for me it's just about how can I best facilitate a story um and so sometimes I feel you know uh, oh, I'm I'm not a writer. I'm just an actor who acts like she's a writer, you know. Um, and so I've been struggling with that a lot uh, the last couple of years. But but now that I'm writing much more and you know seriously and being employed as a writer, I think um, it it has allowed me to sort of embrace that and really just say, okay, well, if you can write, write. <laughs> That's it, you know. I feel compelled to do so even when I don't get paid for it. So I feel like that 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 must say something about me. <laughs> yeah, it just shows that the passion is true to you, right? Like you're yeah, you exactly. want to do it. It's fun. And, exactly. And what about what about the acting side? I mean, how did you uh, not how, but when did you decide you wanted to to get into this business? You know, was it a uh, you know watching something on TV or watching old Western, or was it just something you felt like you know this is where I fit? You know, it's interesting. I've always, I've always been a performer. I was an athlete when I was a kid. I did gymnastics, rhythmic gymnastics, uh, track and field, competitive horseback riding, um, kickboxing. Um, and then I became a dancer. Um, and that was my music and dance were my first two passions. And I, uh, when I was a teenager, I, I really uh, started going heavy into dance and I did ballet as a kid. Um, and I did some theater when I was young and then again when I was a teenager, but I'm, I'm from Denmark originally and I moved yeah. to New York when I was 18 uh, to pursue a career in dance um, and trained uh, for 
three years doing that and also did work as a professional dancer for eight years. It ended up being, that's actually dancing and modeling was how I supported myself while I was going to acting class. (laughs) So, (laughs) so uh, that's sort of how I did it. But when I then became a professional dancer was when I realized that that's what I didn't want to do because I felt like, I was dancing, but I was always looking at other creative expressions. Um, And I did music for a while. And then I realized that the music industry is not, um, it's a a hard industry, particularly for women, I think. And also I'm not a fantastic singer. I can sing, but I'm I'm not Beyonce or Whitney Houston. And and I think that, Um, that's just, you know, I, I had to sort of realize, okay, maybe this pop star dream isn't, isn't going to be it. Um, and the industry, I think just also wasn't for me. And then I finally decided to sort of get back to acting. Uh, and I went to act to an acting class and just audited and felt this moment of sort of the oceans parted and stardust came down from the sky and I had this epiphany you know like I saw the light um and I and I very much felt oh if I am only allowed to do one thing for the rest of my life and it is acting I would be okay with that which is the first time in my life that I've ever felt that way uh because I am as you can tell like I have zero chill, <laughs> so I'm always doing four thousand things at the same time. But but I I I knew that when I stepped into that acting class, and um, yeah, and and that was it. And then I just started training, learning about the craft, uh, you know, doing scene study, doing character work, and uh, and that was it. But I also. I've always had a love for filmmaking. Um, I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan as a kid. And I I would watch like the extended DVDs and the behind the scenes, 20 hours worth of footage uh, every Christmas when I was a child. <laughs> and so for me, the the fascination with film and, and cinema was always there. And then it just sort of all came together when I, when I stepped into that acting class. And I think, um, yeah, that 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 was it. Um, but then, of course, what happened later is I I wasn't booking for a number of years, and um, and then I just decided to start writing and doing my own projects. And now I'm, you know, doing a little bit of everything, and that's <laughs> how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was it like, you know, going from making your own projects to say, working on Channel Zero, The Dream Door? I mean, what was it like immediately switch? I mean, there's not a huge difference between, you know, making short films or uh, say like indie TV to that kind of thing, but what, did it feel surreal at first or did it just feel like another project that you really cared about? Um, I mean, it was a big deal because Channel Zero was my first role, like my first professional role ever. And it was the lead of the, of the season. So it was, it was major, you know, it was like a dream come true. Um, And then of course, you know, my little tiny short film production versus a real, you know, TV show that is very different, but I, I'd been on, you know, film sets before I'd been on uh, TV sets before, um, you know, when I was first, starting out and I first came to LA, um, I did background work uh, because I had to pay the bills. <laughs> um, and I think it's such a wonderful, if you are there and you are not just sitting 
waiting to get your meal penalty and like trying to get, you know, um, overtime or whatever, but you're sitting and you're paying attention and you're learning and you're seeing what the camera crew is doing and you're, you know, like just taking in as much as you can. I think that can be a really educational experience. Um, and, and that's sort of always how I <clears throat> decided to, to embrace whatever experiences that I had coming to LA. Um, I just wanted to get into it. You know, I wanted to yeah. learn as much as possible. I just wanted to absorb everything that I possibly could so that I one day could run my own TV show so that I could direct on a bigger scale, you know? Um, and, and I think all of these knowing all of these different elements make you a better performer, makes you a better writer, makes you a better producer, makes you a better director. Um, so it wasn't like I came like, oh my God, like there's there's so many people. I'm like, there's a lot of cameras. <laughs> but because I had seen it before. Um, but but you know, the fact that it was me now having to show up and and do this thing that I had been wanting to do for so long, that was uh, quite incredible and I mean the Channel Zero experience was such a special experience because of the people that I worked with you know I'm still friends with the crew still friends oh, with wow. the cast with my director with Nick and Tosca the showrunner you know we all keep in touch and and it just felt like we were just a gang of rebel friends going off to like make a thing um, which is such a special experience you don't get that a lot in our business and so I I really hold that experience uh very dear to my heart and I think we all we all do that was a very special time yeah it was a, it was also just a, a great season of horror television you know you guys made it so um completely creepy and horrific but also just so alluring like I I was dialed into every single episode of that season and uh you know venturing nice. into like Swamp Thing and then Reacher, like, I don't know, it just seems like you you have a such an authenticity to every character you play. There's nothing that is, you know, some actors may put on a facade or doesn't seem as as authentic, but especially with, you know, say Swamp Thing and, and Reacher, you feel so, or you seem so comfortable, like you feel comfortable in your, your character. Do you have a hard time cutting off who that person is when you go home or do you kind of carry that with you throughout the rest of your career? Like little bits of that. Character. Um, uh, thank you, by the way. I mean, that's, yeah, that's uh, wonderful to hear. Um, I, I don't have a hard time. Well, I guess that depends. Uh, sometimes yeah. I have a hard time cutting it off, but not really. I, I, I love the character work. I love diving into learning about, you know another person's human experience um and and I was trained that way that you know you you do a lot of that work before you before you even set foot on set you know your person you know what they like what they don't like what their wounds are um what they want in life etc cetera, etc cetera. um and I and I don't think that obviously I haven't played some really evil characters yet, you know, not so, yet. <laughs> um, uh, <not> yet. <laughs> so, so I think uh, that's a very different experience. And I think that can be hard and that can drop off on you. But, but I will say that each character teaches me something about my own life. Um, um, Jillian and channel zero taught me something about relationships. Um, and I was, 
at a place in my life where I've been alone for a long time. And and then, you know, being this woman who was newly wed and had trust issues and had to figure out her marriage was a very educational and eye-opening experience for me at that time in my life. And, um, and Liz, uh, taught me what it was like to live in a small town. Like she's the only person in Swamp Thing who actually likes where she's from, <laughs> uh, who isn't trying to leave this, you know, swamp town. Um, and and I, at the time when I went to shoot, I had no idea because I had been living in New York, LA, Vegas, Copenhagen. They're all, you know, cosmopolitan cities. Um, and I never understood why someone wanted to live in a small town until... I went to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where we shot the show. And I, which is, you know, it's not a tiny, tiny town, but it's a smaller town and it has a great community and there's so much art and people are friendly. And I just sort of embraced that community vibe. Um, And I, and, you know, I I took something from that. Um, And now I I have, I own a home in a small town. Um, So, so it's a really interesting um, thing to, to discover. And then with Neely, you know, she uh, enlisted in the army and ran away from home and, and did that and had very significant experiences with that. And I think she taught me what it means to be like an American patriot (laughs) for better or for worse. But I think in Neely's, Neely's life her time in the army saved her life and I think that's true for a lot of young people who don't see any other option and so I think there's something you know so admirable about joining the military and and going away to fight for your country but I also think it's that is not a small thing, right? You have to be a certain kind of person to go risk your life to fight for your country. Yeah. And um, and so that was really interesting to me to dive into what that means, you know, um, and, and do, are you doing it for that reason? Or are you doing it because you got to get away from something back home? Or are you doing it because, well, I'm just looking out for the guy next to me, which, you know, I think having spoken to a lot of, of um people who have been in the military that that is mostly what it is it's just about looking out for the guy next to you um but there is there's a there's something beautiful to that and so she just taught me what that what that means you know having an american flag on your shoulder and and deciding to you know step up and risk your life in order to save the guy next to you wow that's i think it's really insightful that you hold on to those things you learn from those those characters and hang on to those experiences, you know, within your personal life too, just to, to, to keep that there. That's just fantastic. And, you know, when it comes to switching over to a new project, you know, maybe you're writing something different. Is there anything that you do that maybe helps kind of like cleanse the energy around you, whether it's uh, a lot of people like to, to meditate, some people like to go hiking, others like to draw, paint. Do you have anything that allows you to sort of decompress a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I like to, do something that is completely non-Hollywood related. Um, I go horseback riding um, and, uh, or I will travel. I'll go off, you know, to, I don't know, Botswana or Kenya or Mexico and and just go. I, I do these trips now, uh, horseback riding trips um, in Southern Africa where you're basically, and I just did one in Jordan 
where you're off the grid with no cell phone reception for a week um, and you're just on horseback exploring, um, seeing wildlife or, you know, uh, meandering through the desert and, and sort of just being completely off grid away from civilization. Um, and for me, that that is such a reset and that it inspires me and it, it nourishes me to come back and, and continue on a project or get an idea for something new. So I do that. Um, but on a much smaller scale, <laughs> when I'm switching between projects, I have um, I have uh, playlists, music playlists for each of my projects and each of my characters. And so I will, you know, play the Neely playlist when I'm getting into Neely mode or I will play, you know, for each of my writing projects, I have a playlist. And so when I am getting ready to dive into that project, I will start playing that music. Oh, is there a particular artist that Neely listened to? <laughs> um, she's not a particular one. Okay. Um, she's a she's a Chicago girl, right? So yeah. she listens to a lot of Chicago blues. Like that's what yeah. that in my mind, you know, I had this thing that that's what she grew up on. Um, and then there's some hip hop. There's a little bit of Jay Z. Um, but um, but it's it's kind of all over the place because part of my character work is to is to um load emotional uh weight onto each of these songs um and so each of these songs have a significant um you know point or they matter in a special way to my character um and I, so i and it doesn't really do anything other than just it helps me in my in my crazy mind <laughs> in the process that's awesome. I, uh, I, I, for Neely, for some reason, I thought maybe she was, uh, you know, a low level uh, Styx fan, you know, watching the show. I don't know why, but Renegade came up out of nowhere. Oh, I thought, oh, I feel like yeah. she'd listen to Styx. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I had to ask, that's very cool. And it's curious to see, you that's know, who. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, a weird thing. My I don't know him, with, but, but now I will have to look them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not great. Uh, but Renegade okay. is is a really fun song. A lot of people make fun of you for it if you listen to it. But um, I, I feel like it's a very underrated song to listen to for you know a character like that. Uh, I do want to ask because uh, I know we're we're kind of short on time, but I'll get to uh, whether or not you have any sort of advice that you think you could pass on to other arts workers, whether it's someone who's acting, writing, producing. Do you have anything that maybe somebody has passed on to you that you've held on to, or something that you've you know had a revelation about that you pass on to others? Um, I think the number one thing is stay curious. Um, that is the one thing that I sort of live by, um, whether it's about other human beings around you, whether it's about what don't I know about my craft? What do I still have to learn about my craft? Um, and when you are getting notes, you know, where's that note? coming from instead of just instead of having that innate oh why are they giving me notes I suck <laughs> um I think that there is there is there's always something positive that you can take uh, most of the time I should say there's something positive that you can take from from constructive criticism uh from people that you trust that you that you respect um and I think doing something that is not related to 
the industry, I think is super important because you can run yourself into the ground when you are doing nothing but chasing this Hollywood thing. Um, and I think the way uh, there is one advice that my first acting coach said, he said, you know, you want to be a good actor, go and live life, go fall in love, go get your heart broken, go travel, go to the museum, go to the opera, because we are, um, you know, showing the human experience on film and television. And, uh, and if you aren't living life, how can you do that? Um, so I think going to just live life and going to do something at least once a week that isn't related to the industry is, is going to save your life. I think. Yeah, that's, that's sage advice for sure. I love stay curious. That's, that's something I'll definitely hang on to for the, <laughs> for the next round of notes you get. Good. <laughs> uh, but speaking of, of living life, this is my favorite question of the entire show. Do you have a party story that you could share with us? It doesn't have to be industry related, but something that has stuck with you for, for so long. Like it's one of those stories you could pick up on a dime and go through the entire thing just because it had that much of an impact on you. Do you have any sort of story you could share with us? Oh God, no, not on the spot. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I have many stories. I, and most, and most of mine are travel stories. You know, I can tell you about that time. I, my bag got lost in the South Africa, in Johannesburg airport. And I went to Botswana by myself without my bag, ended up in this little dirt town in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I met this other woman who was traveling alone too. And she's like, oh, you lost your back too. And I said, yes. Um, and then, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere in the bush. So they're like, come back tomorrow and, and see if we can locate your bag. But they're not going to, you know, send it out to you like, like it's New York City or something. And, <laughs> and, so, and so I was just standing there and there's no cell phone reception. Uh, and there's this dirt road in the middle of the bush. And this woman, she looks at me, the one that I had been talking to, and she's like, are you traveling alone? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm just hanging. Um, and I said, oh, you you live here? And she's like, yeah, my brother's coming to pick me up. And she told me the name of the village that she lives in. And I was like, oh, that's where my hotel is. And she's like, how are you getting there? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and she went, oh, hop in. And I was like, okay. And so I hopped in with her and her brother and you know, took, they took me to the hotel and I ended up spending two days with her and her family showing me around Botswana um, before I went um, to on this horseback safari in the bush in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we're still friends today. This is, you know, four years later. Yeah. And, and it's just so wonderful how you can make connections um, sort of randomly uh, by staying curious, of course, being safe yeah. while staying curious. <laughs> um, but, but I, I've traveled alone my entire life and I, I have a pretty good sort of radar for when I feel safe and when I feel unsafe. So, yeah. um, so I love those, wow. you know, random moments uh, where you just like something beautiful happens, the connection happens um, based off these random incidents. And then, you know, she drove me back to the airport the next day and we got our backs. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. So that would probably be, I have a lot of those kind of stories. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would, that would probably wow. be it. That's, that's such a great story. And it's just, it's so happenstance, right? Like what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just... And I, that's what I love that when you are 
when you are curious and when you are open that way to explore, which is why I really do love, I love traveling alone because you are sort of forced to be in the space and interact with people who are there around you. Um, and when you're staying curious and open that way, you, you get to have some really amazing experiences and just getting to know the people that live where you are and sort of what their lives are like. My, uh, my mentor, she had a saying that said, um, what's it like to be human for you? And she said, whenever you're going into an audition, ask the, you know, in your mind, you want to ask the casting director that you want to ask that of your character. You want to ask that of people around you, because I think it, um, it, it nurtures empathy. Um, then I, and I always took that with me. And so when I go out in the world, um, I, I always carry that with me. Uh, and I have had some incredible experiences, uh, because of that. Wow. That's, that makes me want to travel alone more. (laughs) (laughs) You should. It's great. (laughs) It's uh, New Zealand is first on the list. So I think I'll go from there and then keep hopping. Uh, hard on my bucket list. I still want to go to New Zealand. I'm surprised you haven't been yet. I have not. No, I've been trying to go since Lord of the Rings. But um, I will. I, I hope that I will go either sometime this year or next year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you know, make sure you, you visit every single location. <laughs> Absolutely. I intend to. <laughs> uh, I do want to ask, is there anything you'd like for us to promote during this episode? So it could be, you know, Reacher. It could be something else that you really care about. A lot of people have been doing charities. Uh, it could be an Etsy shop. Is there anything you'd like for us to uh, promote with your episode? Um, I mean, Reacher seems like an obvious one. Um, uh, I'm proud of that show. I love the people that we work with and and that's, um, that's super exciting. And then, um, I also am working with a few different organizations, uh, primarily the Thirst Project, which is this, uh, nonprofit youth organization based out of LA. Uh, and they actually have a uh, walk for water day uh, coming up the Sunday, the 20th. Let me see if I get my math right here. Um, yeah, Sunday, March 20th, there's a walk okay. for water day in LA. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to be there, but I do believe that we are living in a time where, you know, the water scarcity is becoming a bigger, bigger issue with climate change and with all of the displaced peoples um, in South Sudan. And of course, now we're watching it in Ukraine. Um, but but this company, they go in and, and they build wells in, in communities that need it. Um, and uh, I just really love what they're doing. It's a super young company and they just decided to go out and do something about the issues um, in the world. And I, I admire that so much. Oh, wow. yeah, we're, we're definitely sharing that. I have never heard of that project. So I'm going to look into that as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, wow. I, that's so cool. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> I feel like, I'm yeah, the no, they're great. <laughs> uh, I do want to, I have one more thing we, we have to do before I let you go. Uh, but I want to say first and foremost, thank you so much for donating your time to coming onto the show and, uh, allowing us to kind of hear more of your story. It's just been really cool chatting with you and, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, you end up heating up over there in the snow. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully Absolutely. it's not too cold yeah. for too long. 
No, um, no, I, I, I'm all bundled up. I have a fire going and everything, so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm good now. You know what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I do. <laughs> yep. Self sufficiency is important. <laughs> well, uh, this is the last thing I'll do, and then I'll, I'll bid you adieu. Uh, this is what we like to call our awkward goodbye. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. So I will do a silent Wayne's World countdown, and when I point to you, give us your best audible awkward goodbye. Are you ready? Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and uh, um. Okay. Goodbye. Well, there you have it, folks. That concludes our special Vault episode with Maria Sten. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you laughed. I hope you were inspired. And if you enjoyed it, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. It only helps us gain more listenership, and really grow the show, but also acquire more awesome guests. So, until next time.